Welcome to the Build Your Life Coaching Biz podcast, where you get to learn how to become a professional life coach and start an online coaching business from scratch. I'm your host, Krista Kathleen, a professional certified coach and spiritual business mentor. In 2016, I got divorced and left my full-time job as a registered nurse and decided to bravely answer my calling of becoming a life coach so I could help to change lives as I traveled around the world. And now I wanna help you discover your purpose too. Having the freedom and flexibility to be your own boss and make as much money as you want right from your laptop will be one of the best gifts you ever give to yourself, your family, and the world. In these episodes, I'll give you real coaching combined with proven strategies and spiritual practices in order to help build your dream coaching business that feels perfect for you. Hello, hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce to you our newest scholarship winner for the Born to Coach Training Academy Spring 2023 class, New Vang. Um, I have her on the session or episode with me today, and she is going to be telling us all about her very fascinating life story and how she manifested the spot and lots of other amazing juicy details. So I can't wait for you guys to meet her. And without further ado, New, welcome to the Build Your Life Coaching Biz podcast and welcome into the Born to Coach Training Academy. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here today. Yes. And what I know you're in California. What city are you located in? Uh, right now, I'm currently located in Shingle Springs. Okay, what's that close to? Because I've never heard of that before. Yeah, um, it is close to Sacramento area. So that is, um, yeah, like the capital of California. Yeah, I'm about 35 minutes east of Sacramento. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That helps me with my geography. And then yeah. I know you're not from California originally, and this will go into your life story. So yeah, do you want to Tell us about your fascinating life story. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, um, I am not, I was not born here. So I uh, was born in Thailand. Actually, I was born in a refugee camp because um, at that time we were the Hmong people. So, um, yes, I forgot to say I am Hmong. And so we were um, being... Um, chased out of Vietnam that was where um, and then as well as Laos and my parents are from Laos so we had to flee over to Thailand and that's where we sought refuge for and that was where I was born and so I was I lived there only until I was three so I actually don't remember anything about um, Thailand or the refugee camp but my parents have pictures and stuff so that's all I got. But um, yeah, so I, we were able to apply and we were able to come to um, Stockton, California. So that's actually where I grew up. So um, they sent, um, I'm not sure if we had a choice, but where we came, uh, where we came. Um, but yeah, we came to Stockton, California. I was born and oh, I was raised there. Um, even though I was raised 
in Cal in America, I was very um, sheltered in a sense. Like I was around the, my Hmong people, the Hmong community, right? Because if you can imagine um, immigrating to a totally new country where you don't know the language, you don't know the people, you don't know if it's safe, right? So my parents wanted to keep us safe. So we stuck to our small Hmong community and um, I really didn't speak English actually until like, I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable speaking English. Like they taught it to me in school, but I always spoke Hmong. I spoke Hmong to my parents, my friends, my friends were my cousins um, because they, we were encouraged to be like, you know, keep close, make sure we're all safe. So um, I didn't have many friends outside of my um, community, outside of my family and my cousins. And so, yeah, I was always considered very shy and quiet because at school I didn't speak English. So when I was with my Hmong friends at school, I'll speak with their Hmong, but then um, in class or, you know, outside of that, I didn't speak. Um, so I didn't really speak um, English really out loud until sixth grade. So it was a long time, um, but yeah, so I, that's how I grew up and we were very um, community oriented. So very family oriented. Uh, we did everything together. And after high school, I decided that I wanted to, I guess I wanted to experience something different. <laughs> so I moved, oh, I applied to go to college outside of, um, you know, Stockton because I don't know, I felt like even at that point, I felt like I had a calling, like I didn't know what it was, but I just knew that like I needed to get out and like, I felt like there was something more out there for me. So I had that, I wasn't sure what it was, but I followed it. And so I went to college in Southern California, six hours away. So that was like definitely the very first time that I went, you know, away from home and did my own thing. And we definitely, um, I have seven siblings. So my uh, at one point, both my parents were working, but we grew up with like government help. Um, I remember like on Christmas, we would always have, um, we would always go to the government and they would like give us Christmas presents. And every year it, it, that would be the case. So like, I didn't know any different. Um, so when I went off to college, I was financially like on my own tech, yeah, basically. So I had to like put myself through college. Um, and I went to, um, Chapman university, which was a, at that time, um, a predominantly white school. So a lot of, most of the students were, um, white or like slash Caucasian. And it, for me, that was a culture shock because I grew up, you know, around in Stockton and Stockton. I don't know if any of you know Stockton, but it's very diverse. We have a lot of Asian, all different kinds of Asians from Cambodians to Vietnamese to Chinese, a, a lot of Hmong as well. Um, yeah, lots of people of color. And so it's funny because, yeah, when I went to college, to me, it was a culture shock. And I was like having a hard time um, really fitting in and transitioning. But I did it, like I went through four years and then after that I got my uh, BA in education. 
And I went off to Taiwan to teach a year of English in Taiwan because I wasn't sure if I wanted to teach as a teacher yet. Um, because, you know, in school, you only learn um, kind of like about teaching, like more general. So I went off to Taiwan. And after that, I like loved the experience. I loved teaching um, over there. So I decided uh, to get to come back and get my master's and teaching credential. So that's what happened. And yeah, I got my teaching credential and then I found a job as a third grade teacher. Um, I came back up north to Sacramento to get a job and I wanted to work with Hmong um, students. And that's a big reason why I came back up north because I wanted to, and there, there was a, bigger population of Hmong people up here and not not in Southern California. It's very, very few. So yeah, that's why I decided to come back to Sacramento. And I worked there for three years. The pandemic the pandemic hit and I took a gap year um, for my fourth year. And then after my gap year, I decided that I wanted to quit teaching. And I did do that. So I quit teaching went into real estate, um, became a realtor for four months, um, burnt out from that. And then I decided at that point, I was like, um, I didn't really know who I was at that point. So I really, so I think that was the, that was like the turning point was when I was burnt out. I decided like, I need to spend some time figuring out who I am and kind of where I want to go from now, that transition, like, I felt very lost, very confused. And that's when I started turning to spirituality. And that's when I started learning and diving into all the books, podcasts, like everything. And yeah, so that's led to kind of like, that was the beginning of kind of how I got to where I am today as a you know, trained to be a life coach and also human design and as well as self-love. Yeah, so yeah, that was a long story, but yeah, that's like a, in a nutshell, kind of like my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us and just being so open already. And I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like to me, you've already had a lifetime of different experiences so far yeah. just starting out your parents you know fleeing their country and then living in a refugee camp even though you know I don't remember it and then coming to the United States which I can imagine was a culture shock in itself and then that was um, surprising for me to hear you say that you had another culture shock of you know going to college and it actually kind of reminded me I had a culture shock as well mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe not as much as yours but I being in uh, grew up in St. Louis, which, you know, St. Louis is a fairly big city. And then I went to school at the University of Missouri and I was mixed in with a lot of kids that like were in neighbor farm towns. And I didn't realize that there were so many farm towns in Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) um, That was just kind of like culture shock for me of like, oh, wow, I had no idea where I was living. And yeah, like you said, you can kind of get like in this small little bubble and mm-hmm. so that that was interesting that in your town in California that, you know, there's a lot more um, diversity and 
a higher Asian population um, to where, you know, you weren't as exposed to white people until you went, you moved six hours away. So um, yeah. yeah, fascinating story. And I, I can just imagine that so much of your former life experiences are going to come into play with mm-hmm. this next chapter and what you're going to be doing as a life coach. So um, with that being said, tell us a little bit more about why you decided to become a life coach or whatever type yeah. of coach you want to call yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I... It took me a while. I felt like after the burnout, I was searching for myself, my purpose in life. And I like, you know, I was like trying to figure out what I like doing, who I am, like what I'm good at. And I kept really coming back to like not having like, um, I guess like a role model or like people who look like me that I look up to. That's what I realized as I was like trying to find um, different, like I was really going into like the spirituality world. And that was when I realized that like, I was learning a lot of things and I would, they were very helpful for me, like in terms of like understanding myself and like just this whole new world that like, I feel like I opened the doors to that like a lot of Hmong people um, my people, the Hmong people didn't, don't know about. And that could be so useful and so helpful because, you know, I was in that community not so long ago and I was very aware of the challenges that uh, the Hmong people, at least the Hmong people that I knew, um, was going through. And so I think it was that desire to help, um, help people, I guess, uh, suffer less, <laughs> find more joy in life, and just, yeah, like, enjoy living. I feel like a lot of the people that I knew were just, just living um, as though they had no control of their life, they had no choice, and I, I, I fell into that reality, too, because I was around um, those type of people until I started doing my own um you know, branching out and and really expanding my mind. And so I think that really uh, triggered me to like, to like, okay, I need, I I want to do something. Like, I feel like then that became my purpose of like, okay, how can I share this? And so I really just started off like sharing on my, like I created a whole new Instagram to share my journey and share my experience. And then it kind of unfolded from there where like, you know, I started following other coaches and mentors and so um by doing that it benefited me so much um just following them and hearing their stories and hearing what's possible and what people have and what um especially women of color like when I started following more like uh there weren't Hmong but like Chinese Koreans like it there's just something there of like being able to see someone who you who looks like you, I think that's really important. Um, sure, they're not Hmong, but like there's still that like connection, and so I feel like that's that's when I was like, I could become a coach. You know, I can help other Hmong people who was once where I was, and but have the desire for more. Um, you know, so I so 
yeah so I would say I became a you know I'm I became a life coach um a coach in general uh, to help other people who are stuck like me and who can you know when they look at me they can see like similarities to them and they can see wow like she looks like me and if she can do it then I can do it too so yeah I think that's that's how I came to like having the desire to be a coach I love that and I have a story that relates to what you were saying with like wanting to be a leader amongst your people Mm. right and I do agree with you that ultimately we are looking for people who look like us and sound like us and talk like us even if we don't consciously know we're doing that Um, because that creates a feeling of trust and safety and it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we can't work with coaches of other you know cultures or skin colors but when we are doing this vulnerable work and we're opening up in a new way sometimes it is really nice to you know find someone that that looks like us and has the same values and culture as us. And I remember doing a discovery call with an Asian woman who mm-hmm. had um, immigrated to the United States. I don't remember exact. I think it was from China. And she was like, Krista, no offense. I can tell you're a really great coach, but she's like, I want to work with an Asian woman who has been successful in the United States, who has been able to overcome the hurdles and obstacles of what immigrants go through. And she's like, I just mm. think you've gone through that. And I'm like, no, you're, you're right. I have obviously yeah. not gone through that. Um, and she's like, I just, I need a role model in that way. I need mm. to know it's possible for me to get to where I want to be going in life and to see someone who's in my shoes do it. Um, wow. And so there was a part of me that was kind of like, man, this, like, cause I really liked yeah. it. I felt yeah. like I did have a lot of compatibility, but I was like, I, I get it. I understand where she's coming from. And so I connected her with another, um, you know, Asian coach who has already like had a successful business and everything. But so I just think it's so great that you are going to like step up and lead in this way. So um, I want to make sure I'm saying this right. Do you say it Hmong? Yeah, Hmong. Hmong people. Okay. And I looked it up. Yeah. It's spelled H M O N G. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, right. Like, so the Hmong people can see you and they can mm-hmm. say, wow, look at everything new has had to overcome. And if she can do it, then we can do it too. And you can give them that hope and inspiration and that mm-hmm. voice um, in a way that maybe I can't or other, you know, white people can't. So, that's what yeah. I was, I was really impressed when I read your application for the scholarship of like, you're like, I want to represent, you know, women of color and I want to give them, you know, I want to give them a voice and give them opportunities. And I just, I just thought it was so beautiful and it moved me so much. So hence why we're oh, here today you. having this conversation. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. So, okay. So tell me a little bit more new about um, you know, why you decided to apply for the Born to Coach Training Academy? Yeah, so I think I found you on your podcast, actually. <laughs> I was looking, yeah, I was looking for like life coaching podcasts. And so I listened to a few of your podcasts and I 
see it like I'm not even sure how I landed on like one of your like free master classes that you were doing um so I I was I was there for that um where we watched a uh, you talked about life coaching and what it is and then we watched a session together and that was when you were enrolling for um the academy and so that's how I kind of found you and got into your world and like I read um I went to your sales page and I actually read through and you know see if it was like if it was something that you would that I would like and that I would want to um join and I think I liked I was really I guess repelled from like doing like life coach training or like certification in the first like at the beginning because I felt like um because I'm very like spiritual and so I like wasn't sure if like other courses um I guess I just had an assumption that they there wouldn't be um those types of trainings where they would train you as a, as a life coach and have that component in there so when I found out that your program does have that, your training does have that, I was like, wow, you know, that was really what, um, like, pulled me in at and made me feel more comfortable in a sense, you know, like, oh, like, I can bring all of me, right? And I don't have to pretend that, like, I have this other side of me that I'm not bringing to the table. So I think that really helped me feel comfortable. Um, and and then, obviously, um, financially, like, I, at that point, I wasn't working and so I was like I just kind of like let it sit and then that's when I got your um, and I still remember when I got your email about um, that you are offering scholarships I was driving home um, I was driving back to um, visit my parents and I saw that um, yeah it's funny because I remember it so vividly of like oh there's a scholarship you know as if like it was like imprinted in my brain and I yeah, and so I um, made a, a reminder to um, to apply, and I applied, and I don't know, like, at that, I felt like it was so long ago, but it was, what, like, a couple of months ago that I applied, um, but yeah, I applied, and I was, back then, <laughs> I was at a point where I was already, like, trying trying to build my coaching business, but I didn't have like help from anyone else like I didn't have the financial means to hire another like a like a business coach or to help me um and so I was really doing everything on my own and trying to like learn from what I can books um Instagram like YouTube and so at that point I would I did like um I do have a connection um like I didn't grow up spiritual or religious but after my burnout, I really dug into spirituality. So I've like formed like some faith and trust in the universe. So at that time, when I was applying for the scholarship, I, I just kind of asked the universe, I was like, um, I'm putting this in your hands, like if this training academy is the next right step for me, then I'm going to get it. And if it's not, then this means that I'm meant to be somewhere else, right? So I'm I was really surrendering. Like I wasn't really like grasping onto like, oh, I really wish I would get this because I remember when I first started learning about manifestation and I was I was also at that time applying for a scholarship and I was doing like all the things. Like I was like 
writing and journaling it, like writing it like what, 55 times <laughs> and like five days a week. I was doing that. Like I was, you know, more in a frantic, graspy energy of like coming from like, I need this. And first, and which is very different from when I applied for your scholarship. And I was very calm and I was like trusting like that. If this, if I get this, it's meant to be. And yeah, I applied and I just kind of like, you know, left it and I didn't like keep checking my email or anything like that. So I think the energy behind when I applied and how I was, um, yeah, I just held that faith um, and that trust that whatever happens is right and right for me, right uh, for my own divine timing. So, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I really appreciate you saying that you were looking for a coach training program that has that spirituality aspect mm -hmm. to it. And like for myself, spirituality and coaching go hand in hand. Like, I feel like I could not do one without the other. Um, I'm sure you feel the same new. And mm -hmm. I agree with you. There's a lot of coach training programs out there that don't have the spirituality aspect. And like you, I would feel like I was leaving parts of me behind or I couldn't show up as my authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that so many spiritual people, when they train to become coaches, they go through this big spiritual awakening. And so I really do want the Born to Coach Training Academy to be this like safe place to explore that spirituality on a deeper level and to know mm -hmm. that there's other people on the same journey as you and that we can openly talk about the things and we have the same interest and yeah. Um, yeah. So I just think that's, that's just such a huge part of this training program is yeah. Not only learning how to be a really great and professional life coach and earn your ICF credentials, but mm -hmm. uh, to bring that, that spirituality piece into it too. So that is one of the things that I liked about your, um, your scholarship application is I knew you had a strong spiritual practice already. Mm -hmm. And I like that you said you had, you um, were enrolled in the manifestation babe Academy and yeah. I've never, I, I follow Catherine's and Kina and um, I've never been in the manifestation babe Academy, but I'm very familiar with her work. And mm -hmm. um, so I just like that you were like already proactive in, you know, being involved in like group trainings in that way. And then, uh, let's see, what else was I going to say? Well, I had, oh, and then you said that you are specializing in human design as well. And so I, I want to learn so much more about that. And I want to have a whole episode dedicated to you just telling our audience about, you know, what more, more about, I know you did a whole masterclass on this, but telling them what yeah. human design is and yeah, maybe you can even, you know, tell me on the episode what it means to be a manifestor generator. Cause I still really am not sure, but I think it's fascinating stuff. So I love that. Yeah, you love to. <laughs> that you could bring that, you know, value and that experience into our class. And, uh, and I had a feeling that you probably had a cool manifestation story because like all of our scholarship winners so far have done like really awesome things behind the scenes to manifest mm. this spot. And I do agree with you with the, uh, when I first started learning manifestation, like I had this different type of, yeah, it was this like graspy, desperate energy of trying yeah. to manifest the things I want. And like, mm -hmm. I love what you said of like sitting down and like writing out your affirmations 55 times every day. <laughs> and, um, 
and I'm with you now, like I still manifest all the time, but I do it more from this trusting place. Like you said, of like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the work to manifest it, but I'm also going to trust that like, if it doesn't show up in this way or if it doesn't show up at all, then I'm not meant to be here. Mm-hmm. And um, so I love just hearing that you brought in a different energy this time um, with manifesting yeah. the scholarship and that you just fully trusted that if it was meant to be yours, that it would show up and it would arrive. And if not, that there would be another path that opened up to you. And I think that's, that's really beautiful. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that with us. Um, okay. So I have two more questions for you new. All right. So I remember like when I first went through coach training, well, first of all, I was really naive and I thought I already knew everything <laughs> there is to know about being a coach. And I was like, I'm probably not going to learn that much information, honestly, <laughs> um, which is so funny to say that out loud because I, seven years later, I feel like I'm still trying to learn how to be a really great coach. Um, and I still think learning how to be a good coach is like really hard, but I thought I knew it all at the time, but I did have some like worries and fears. And so I'm just curious, like, like kind of what makes you the most anxious, right? And I know you've already been in training for about a month now. We're a little bit behind on filming this episode because I was, uh, <laughs> get, I was graduating the, the fall class at, at the same time that your class was starting. But as you think about the rest of the Born to Coach Training Academy, like kind of what makes you the most like fearful or anxious at this time Mm, I think the class and the training itself including the people in the in the cohort like I don't know like I I feel very comfortable with um our cohort and just sharing and making mistakes and I think you you did a great job of like letting us know that you know that is the place to make mistakes so I think you've created a very safe space for us to be messy and so I don't I like at first before joining I did that was the anxiety that I had like oh like you know I'm not as good as like what if I'm not as good as like other people in the cohort um like so I guess a lot of uh, comparison was at, be- at the beginning when I wasn't really familiar with the other classmates um, but now I feel like the only my the only thing I'm really anxious about is actually um, coaching um, someone like having a client and like being able to help them transform or reach their goal like I think that is the more anxious part like I'm not fearful of it it's, I'm just a little anxious because I've um, I haven't been in a long term I uh, haven't yeah coached a client long term yet um so I think that is the most anxiety producing um thought is like oh having having a client and coaching them for three three months I think because I'm thinking in my head like when I start um as I'm like I'm offering um coaching right now and my minimum is three months so that's why I'm bringing up the three months for the timeline yeah well, um, I'm glad to hear that you've already been able to work through one of the things that was making you feel a little fearful, anxious of starting and that just thinking of like, are all the other coaches going to be so much farther along than me? And right, it is so easy to get into that comparison trap and then 
yeah, feeling like, oh, I have to be perfect and know what I'm doing. And I'm really, really glad that the message sunk in. Um, just so, okay, just everyone listening to give you a little bit of a background, like I am so adamant, like the first couple of classes, I tell the students, like, I do not want you to be a perfect coach. Okay. Cause first of all, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And second of all, like, this is truly the space to be messy. Like I want you to make mistakes. It is the best and fastest way to learn. So please like, don't try to be perfect here. Um, we do coaching skills lab every Sunday where we do breakout rooms and coaching demos and everything. And I just like, yeah, I really try to create and promote that safe space that you, this is the place to be the beginner and this is the place to make the mistakes. So that way, when you go out into the real world and coach people, you've kind of like gotten all the messy kinks out. So I'm really glad (laughs) to hear that like that felt good for you that you can, you know, yeah, you can be messy and this is the place to do it. Um, and yeah, I really love all the students in the spring class. And it just seems like, I just, just seems like everyone's going to get along so well and support each mm-hmm. other. The energy is good. Yeah. So, yeah. But okay. So, and now you're feeling a little anxious about like having a long-term client, which is totally normal. I remember feeling that way as well. When I first started offering coaching, I would just offer like session to session because I was like, I don't want to commit to like a three month. <laughs> and and now I offer six month packages to my private clients. And I'm even kind of like playing around with the idea of offering 12 month packages because, you know, what you'll find new is the longer you work with someone, the better and deeper results your client gets. But I totally yeah. understand that feeling of in the beginning of like, should you know, how long should I offer my package? And um, you know, is that going to be too long? Is the client going to get results? Yeah. Are you going to get bored with me? Or I don't know. I just <laughs> want all the things around long-term packages. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but hopefully with time, you know, and mm-hmm. as you start working with clients longer term that you'll, you'll work through that and you'll find, you'll find that sweet spot of how long you want to work with clients for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my last question for you is, you know, so obviously, like I said, we, um, first month is done. So we have six months left. What are you most looking forward to inside the born to coach training Academy with these last six months? I, I'm looking forward to the, um, coaching labs every, we have them three times a month. So yeah, I, I like those because I really, like I'm at a point where I like want to practice and because I've like, you know, been building my business and I guess I'm just like ready to work with clients, but just like need some more skills or like, um, so I feel like when we do those coaching labs, it's like exactly what I need, right? Like we watch you demo and then I'm like, all right, I got it. And then I, we get, I get to go and practice it right away. Um, I think that's what I'm most excited about. It's like every every week when we do have the coaching labs being able to practice it and like I every week I feel more confident as the weeks go by and so I I yeah that's what I'm most excited about is like finally like learning the skills and like applying it and like coaching doing this coaching labs as well as coaching with my peer coach um yeah so it's it's so fun yeah I love it (laughs) Yeah. I love leading the coaching labs too. So, um, 
like new said every three Sundays out of the month, we have a two hour coaching skills lab. And so what we do inside those labs is every week, the students get access to a new video module where they learn, you know, coaching skills. I'm teaching the ICF core competencies, the ICF model of coaching. And then on the coaching skills lab, we get to actually practice, you know, what we're learning in the videos. And so I'll do uh, a demo for the group and then we go off into breakout rooms and then all the students get to practice working with each other. And it's really that kinesthetic type of learning, mm -hmm. which I'm sure you can appreciate as a teacher, yeah. right? Um, there's like visual ways of learning, there's hearing, but then you also have to have that hands-on practice to really let all the new knowledge set in. And so that's where we mm -hmm. do that in that skills lab um, space. And yeah, it's always so fun for me to watch the energy before we go into breakout rooms and then how much the energy <laughs> shifts and changes at, like, I feel like no one's really talking before we do the breakout room. Yeah. And then after the breakout rooms, like everybody is smiling and laughing and joking around and so mm -hmm. excited to jump on video and talk about their experience. So yeah, yeah, it's so it's fun. fun. And then, like you said, too, you get matched with a peer coach inside the program. And so every week you get to either practice being the coach or being the client and then just putting all of those skills to use. So that way you're ready to everything you're learning inside the academy, you're ready to do with clients in the real world. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, lots and lots of opportunities to practice coaching. And um, that's what I love about coach training is it really gives you the, you know, the confidence and the skills to coach at the, the professional certified coach level, which benefits mm -hmm. your clients and gives you the confidence to, you know, help yourself be more visible and raise your prices and, mm -hmm. um, sell your coaching to others and not feel like an imposter. And it really is the, the number one cure for the imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's all we have for today. So um, thank you so much, New, for uh, doing this first recording with me. And we're going to be doing a recording every month. So, you know, the viewers can really like hear what your true authentic experience is like going through coach training. And um, I'm just mm -hmm. so grateful that you're here in my life and in the academy and that we get to, you know, continue hearing your story as we go along. Yeah, thank no, thank you. And thank you, um, the listeners as well. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm so grateful and thankful for this opportunity. And I just feel like it's very aligned. So um, you know, it feels like I'm meant to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, New. Well, I will see you in Skills Lab later this week. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed at this time. And if you're ready to up-level your coaching skill set and learn how to confidently coach at the transformational PCC level in order to help your clients get bigger breakthroughs and better results, then join our Born to Coach Training Academy at buildyourlifecoachingbiz.com forward slash certification.